In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Good News for the City, the broadcast radio partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC. My name is Brian Bales, and I have the privilege of hosting you on this show, whether you're catching it live on the radio or whether you happen to catch it later on on the podcast. And whenever you catch it, the message is always the same. It's the gospel that makes a way. It's what I talk about when I'm at Christian Fellowship Church on the weekend, where I have the privilege of being a lead pastor here in Ashburn, or whether I'm somewhere else. And I hopefully, as well as our listeners, it's on the beginnings of your thoughts, but not just the beginnings, it's at the end of your thoughts and in all parts of your thoughts that it's the gospel that makes a way. Well, we find ourselves making our way towards the Lenten Easter season. And for many of us, there's some deeper knowledge we need to grow in around the traditions and what really matters. In fact, the festival of Passover, or called the Feast of Unleavened Bread, is mandated in Exodus chapter 23, verse 15. And what it does is it celebrates the Jewish people's freedom from the Pharaoh of Egypt over 3,000 years ago. It's the oldest continuously celebrated holiday on the Jewish calendar. Now, understanding of Passover is deeply important to understanding Easter and Christianity in general. For Jewish people, Passover represents the redemption from slavery and the deliverance to freedom. For Christians, Easter represents the ultimate redemption of mankind to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I mean, Jesus came to Jerusalem a final time, not just to celebrate Passover, but to become our Passover. The Apostle Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed. Now, the annual Passover celebration is kicked off at a family meal called a Seder when the youngest person there asks this important question, why is this night different from all other nights? And so today, I want you to listen for the answer right here from our guest, Rabbi Aaron Allsbrook, who serves at Ohev Yisrael Messianic Congregation in Springfield, Virginia. We're glad to have him back on the show. It was March of 2021, where you were speaking about a subject very similar to this, but not just are we going to speak about it today. We have an opportunity for people to engage that we're going to talk about a little bit later to participate in the Seder. So thanks for being back, Rabbi Aaron. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so you were raised in Southern California. Actually, you, again, live you know in the Virginia area, but you're joining us today uh, via Florida, a little bit warmer than it is here, but it's going to be warm here today. Um, you've known Yeshua, uh, Jesus, your whole life. You uh, have, have shared about Yeshua to your Jewish and non-Jewish friends in high school, uh, but at the end of your high school, you began to feel that there was more to this Jewishness and your Jewishness than just Passover and Hanukkah at your grandparents, and this began you on a journey to understand who Jesus was and who he was, the Messiah. And while you longed for the traditions, you also longed to understand more the Spirit of God and the love of Yeshia in your life. And so eventually you wound up leaving the Orthodox world 
and you began seeking a way of living an authentic Jewish life under the leading of a spirit. That led you lots of places, New York being one of them, where you met your lovely wife, Brooke, and you now have three children. So that that's great. Or, or is there more? Did I miss four. it at four? four? We got to update this thing here, you know? So it has been yeah. March of 2021. So I'm assuming the fourth one is a little, is kind of young, right? She was born... Uh, March 2nd of 2021. Wow. So apparently, uh, I got to work on my background stuff on this. Well, thanks for the grace (laughs) in that. Uh, And please uh, extend my condolences and my apologies for getting that number wrong, both to your wife, who had to do the work, by the way, uh, and your fourth child. But after several years of serving uh, in New York area and in a capacity there, you wanted to pursue being a full-time Messianic rabbi, which led you here uh, to Virginia with your desire to see Jewish people come to know Yeshua, their Messiah, and live their life in service for the master of the ah, – I want to say that better. I didn't even say why. I, I'm all thrown off today, Aaron, uh, getting the fourth wrong. So I'm glad our listeners are gracious, and I'll ask you to be gracious and well. Live their life yeah. in service of our master as Jews full of the Spirit of God. There you go. I said it but not said it well. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we're going to talk about Passover today and how it points to Jesus and an opportunity for everyone and, and our listeners as well to attend an upcoming Seder. So – For people who may not be familiar with the story about Passover, how it starts in Exodus and it goes all throughout the Jewish tradition and Jesus making something very clear about it when he was in the upper room before he went and paid the penalty for our sins, catch him up a little bit, would you? Passover is the best. I I grew up, it was always my favorite going to my grandparents' house. We lived on the street from each other in California. Mm -hmm. And it's it's interesting because my grandparents were atheists, but it was such a strong thing that we celebrated and we all my friends um and when i've gone around lived in i've lived in israel too and everybody whether they were religious or not it was the holiday and mm-hmm. we would joke like how long was your seder how long was your meal because it can go on for a few hours um it is the ultimate story of the jewish people uh, it it's like you said it's over three thousand years old and it's really what's kept us together as a people Um, of all places, even hear stories of when Jews were in concentration camps, they would gather just a little bit of wheat and they would make, try to make matzah uh, in the camps because it was so important to them, even uh, in the face of death. It's, it's, it's always been with us. Um, Even when we've been persecuted and a lot of the Russian Jews when behind the the iron curtain in the Soviet union was often the one thing they would try to celebrate uh, because without Passover, we wouldn't exist. Mm. Without Passover, we wouldn't have the Messiah. Without Passover and him his, timing his death, also at this uh, point, uh, we wouldn't have redemption from sin. So it is the foundational thing. It's that God said this month, the month of Nisan, um, is the first of the month for us because it's the day we get out. It's our freedom. Mm. Um, and it's, so it's, it's uh, you know, to really understand, too, the significance the timing and significance of Yeshua's sacrifice, one really does need to understand Passover because he did it very timely when we were taken out of physical slavery and now taking out of slavery to sin. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to continue to talk about understanding the Passover, but probably the best way to understand it is to experience it in many ways. And that's one of the things we're going to invite our listeners to do to attend the Seder at the museum.org. It is a Seder being hosted at the Museum of the Bible right there in downtown Washington, D.C. on the 6th of April. 
2023. Uh, you, you have a chance to go and to engage from three to five. You can go and take a look at what's happening there at the museum. And then the Seder itself goes from five to eight. Uh, and so there's more information right there on the website about the cost and how to be involved. We'll talk about that again in just a minute. But I love the fact that you mentioned celebration because it actually is a celebration. I think it can be easy to think about Passover and what it points to and not see the celebration in it. Um, you know, there's a, a section in the Passover celebration where you hide the afikoman, and if you go, you'll you'll understand it and know it. Uh, I know my kids, everyone, they've, they've, they've been very excited about finding it. Truth be told, I don't know, Rabbi Aaron, if this happened with any of your kids. I had one of my kids try to get me to tell them in advance where it was hidden. And I'm like, I don't think that's how it works. Uh, but um, nevertheless, I gave them an A for effort. So as, as someone who may not be familiar with the Passover uh, and people who come uh, from differing backgrounds that aren't Jewish but may have accepted the truth about who Jesus Christ is, particularly can you tell how – uh, Passover itself and the connection to covering the blood on the doorpost that happened in the Exodus points to Messiah Jesus, and then relate that, uh, so to speak, to the celebration of Easter and some of those events leading up to Resurrection Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it's the significance and symbolism is so profound um, on many different levels, and I would even jump, to, I won't go into it, but even reading Revelation, we're really mm-hmm. understanding the story of Passover, how you yeah. see what John then is seeing in the heavenlies. Uh, it's really significant, but it's interesting is that, you know, God tells the, the people that to take a lamb on the 10th day of Nisan and to hold it for four days. Um, and so then all, when Yeshua then comes into Jerusalem, what day does he enter? The 10th of Nisan. And he, and then they're to sacrifice this lamb and put the blood upon their doorposts so that when the destroyer, they, they God passes over the people, he won't destroy, kill their firstborn. So you have to wonder, doesn't he know who his people are? Of mm. course he does. But he still requires them to put the blood out there. And if they didn't do it, it doesn't matter what their birth was, that that their first one would die. Um, and so I even I've told the congregation this at times, like, you know, had, were, did some Egyptians put their blood on the doorpost? Maybe, because they could have seen the Jews do it and said, well, we, maybe we should do this. I don't know. But it also shows us that whether you're Jewish or not, that we all need uh, the blood of this lamb uh, on our doorposts, if you will, uh, so that the angel of death passes over. Now, we are, as we read in uh, the, the New Covenant scriptures, that the the Holy Spirit is our seal of redemption, and he puts the blood of Yeshua, if you will, on our hearts. And so he, it, when the wrath of God finally comes to this earth, that God will know whose are his, whether they're Jewish or not Jewish, Mm-hmm. Um, and we do certainly celebrate this. While those who are unfortunately don't have that blood, uh, there will be mourning and weeping. But for those who do, it says they left. They didn't just leave, but they were given gold and silver and cattle and stuff like get out and, and go well. Yeah. Um, and then they get to the sea and then they cross the sea. And then what this is, they, they, Moses started to sing. And Miriam, his sister, and the women started to sing and play the tambourines together. So that... That's what we're doing. We're celebrating that God took us out and he gave us forewarning as to how to get out. Mm -hmm. And it's not, again, according to birthright, but according to the obedience to the word of God. 
And so Passover itself is, is sort of a longer celebration, as we talked about, but sort of central to it is is one of the things that you're going to be doing, again, at Seder at the museum.org, is this meal, this Seder meal. And if you've never been to it, again, I highly recommend it. And it, for a first opportunity for ever experience a, a Seder, I can't think of a better place than the Museum of the Bible to go and do this. And I know I, I sound like I'm really pushing this. I am, because it's an amazing experience to have and understand, especially in that environment. But it might be, you know, different than your typical dinner parties that you might be thinking of, because there are a lot of things that are are rituals. And I don't say the rituals in a bad way, but it's reminders of doing these things, telling stories, prayers, hymns. I I just talked about hiding of the afikomen, which for some people like that makes no sense. Uh, It it will if you go. I, I trust me, because it's all part of something greater in the retelling of the story of Exodus. But we call it the Seder meal. Um, that's a word maybe people don't throw around very often. What does Seder mean? And then what is the purpose of doing things in this set way, so to speak? Yeah, well, you, you answered actually. Seder means order. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's when we say in, in modern Hebrew, how are you? Someone says, Ani I'm, I'm in order. I'm okay. Everything's fine. Um, we've, through, through the years, the tradition has developed to set up how we're going to retell this story every year. And there are a couple of elements it talks about in scripture, what we have to have, which is matzah, unleavened bread, looks like crackers, mm-hmm. uh, marol, which is bitter herbs to remind us of the bitterness of slavery and karpas, which are uh, uh, part, we use parsley, uh, some sort of green vegetable because it's during the springtime. Um, and, and then we have the Passover lamb itself, um, uh, we would sacrifice a lamb in the temple. They would still sacrifice the lamb. Since we don't have a temple, we don't sacrifice lambs anymore. But we retell this story, and we, if, if tradition has developed that, there are questions that are asked. And because it says in Exodus yeah. that when it says, when you go into the land that God promised you, and your son says to you, why are we doing this? Why are you doing this? And your response is, because God, this is in Exodus 13, God took me out of Egypt. Yes. And we have to recall that each one of us, even if we weren't there physically, even that we were part of it, because if it weren't, didn't happen, we wouldn't be here, mm-hmm. whether we're Jewish or not, because the whole nation and Messiah being born from that nation didn't happen. So we retell this story and we celebrate it and we look at like, wow, what has God done for us? What has God done for me? And also there's, uh, we prompt, a lot of it is prompting um, for the kids, what kind of questions they should ask because so that they know exactly what we're doing, why we're here, and why we're celebrating. And yeah, uh, you don't get to eat bread on this meal, and you have mm-hmm. to wait for about an hour or so before you get to do it. People can sit down like, okay, it's time for dinner. It's, yeah, it's definitely no, different. Not really. really. Yeah. We're going to tell a story. <laughs> no, it's good. Well, I mean, you mentioned, we've already mentioned one of the questions, why is this night different from all the other nights? There, there are at least four questions that are asked. Tell people, you know, some of the questions that are asked in order to, again, certainly be answered to tell the story. Sure. So the biggest, of course, is why are we eating matzah? Why are we eating regular bread? Well, they... We didn't have time for the bread to rise, so we had we baked it quickly and we had to leave. Remember, God said, you should be clothed with your staff ready, your sandals on. This is not a leisurely meal because we're going to leave quickly since they left around midnight mm. in Scripture. Uh, why do we dip and uh, immerse our vegetables twice into the salt water to remember our tears and also to the chavoset, which is this mixture to remind us of the mortar of the bricks? Um 
why are we reclining on this day and not sitting normally? Well, because we're we're free now. We can actually relax. Um, and uh, I'm drawing a blank just why is this day one. different than all the other ones? I think is, I guess yeah. it. Yeah, it's yeah. this is the day we. This is our celebration of mm-hmm. this is we've we've left now Egypt, um, and we celebrate. Um, yeah, so we, well, why do we eat the bitter herbs? Sure, yeah. Remind us of yeah. slavery, yeah. Uh, yeah, Rabbi Aaron, every time I hear you pronounce some of these things, I'm just reminded how poorly I pronounce them whenever I do <laughs> them. Uh, just my Hebrew needs a lot of work. But so, all right, let's talk about uh, the Museum of the Bible. Let's talk about this this Seder that's being planned there. Again, you can go to www.saderatthemuseum.org, find out more about it, sign up, register there. Uh, tell people sort of what to expect. Uh, give them some details and that sort of thing, if you can. Yeah, we're very excited to do this. Um, we we normally would host a seder at our congregation, but we thought let's go big this mm-hmm. year. And we got the grand ballroom, four hundred people. Uh, we're gonna and we have Dr. Michael Brown, who's an amazing uh, Messianic Jewish leader. Um, he has a PhD in Near Eastern languages. Mm. He's filled with the Spirit. A uh, great apologist, writes tons of books, debates with rabbis. Uh, is also uh, very much in he- helping equip uh, the body of believers uh, to live a, god- a godly life. Um, we got him to be our keynote speaker, so he'll be speaking during dinner. We also have uh, Marty Getz and his daughter Misha joining, who's a very well-known uh, Messianic Jewish musician. Mm-hmm. So they'll be singing some songs. So it's really going to be an amazing evening. Um, we wanted to do it there because we thought it would be a fun place to do it. Obviously, and then get time to go to the Bible Museum. Um, but it, also, we wanted to. We thought it'd be a really neat place. We wanted to focus on an outreach. We really want to share. One of our our mission as a congregation is to share Yeshua with the Jewish people, our people, and we want to put on the hearts of all believers, Jewish, non-Jewish, Messianic, Christian, that to pray and to share Yeshua with the Jewish people as we read and. Romans one sixteen. Paul says, "I'm not embarrassed or ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation." And the people usually stop there, but if we keep going, to the Jew first, mm-hmm. and also to the Greeks, and we so this way we've actually allotted fifty tickets uh, to give out complimentary to Jewish people who are not yet followers of Yeshua. Mm-hmm. So if anyone you know who's willing to accept it, and we tell people, "Hey, listen, it's on us. We just want to be a blessing." We want to bless the Jewish community. So if you have friends or family, colleagues, strangers, you know, and say, hey, the Seder's coming up. We want to share Yeshua. Or we just want to offer this opportunity to you. Um, you know, please, uh, we want to see not just remember salvation, uh, but for that God would pour out a salvation in this celebration time. Sure. And if you have someone and you're interested in those, the best way to probably uh, reach Rabbi Aaron is via his email, Rabbi Aaron, spelled the Aaron in the Exodus way, A-A-R-O-N, Rabbi Aaron at Ohev Israel, I'll say it poorly again, uh, O-H-E-V-I-S-R-A-E-L dot org. Almost Y-I-S. Yeah. Oh, what? You know what? O-H-E-V-Y-I-S-R-A-E-L. I just looked straight over this. I'm, I'm like 0 for 2 so far. I can't remember how many kids you are. I can't pronounce this. Uh, thank goodness there's grace with Jesus Christ. And I, I think that's one of the emphasis that when we see this, the amazing grace that we have from Messiah, from Yeshua, from Jesus, that is for us. And 
as we prepare to think about whether we can come or not come, I wouldn't want our listeners to think, okay, I can't make it, but not be able to draw about what they might be able to do to connect with their Jewish friends during this season. Um, What might you want to tell people who have Jewish family or Jewish friends about connecting with other people who have a Jewish faith but don't recognize Yeshua as Messiah about the commonalities that we have, but also pointing them to the true Messiah that could help them just be better conversationalists, better neighbors, and love in that way during this season? Well, first, I just acknowledge that coming to the season. So, you know, saying technically for a happy Passover, um, and it's something, you know, people say, well, I'm, I'm a little nervous to share with my Jewish friends. And say, well, listen, you can always be just come with an attitude of gratitude and say, listen, I, uh, I'm very grateful to you. And they say, for what? Because of uh, your Messiah. Excuse, what do you mean? Mm. Well, your Messiah, he, he gave his life for me. Uh, during Passover, so I want to say thank you. And your God took me out of slavery. What, what? You know, start saying things a little strange, and uh, and you can say, "What does Passover mean to you?" And just start asking questions. Jews are used to being uh, persecuted, uh, antagonized. The the other minority, the you know, the, were the ones in question. But if we pose questions to them in a very loving, kind way, I think it can really draw people to also begin to think about because sometimes we just do something because it's just perfunctory. Mm. We just, this is what would Jews do? And then you say, but why? Mm. And, uh, you know, can I, can I bless you somehow? Maybe buying them something to, you know, to, to celebrate with them or take them out or have a conversation with them. And of course, inviting them to the Seder would be great. But if there's other Seders that, you know, I know a number of churches will do them. Um, I think it can be a real blessing. And set, Passover is seven days long, so you can maybe you can set up a time even outside of the Seder meal, which is typically the first night or sometimes the second night. Yeah, um, Getting together and just having conversation about that um, can be really uh, something special. I think when they sing, I never thought about it like this. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and getting them to think, you know, the, the typical response is, uh, Jews don't believe in Jesus. And then what is your response? Why? And just get them to think and to talk. And you could just be there and tell them how much you love them because of the Messiah coming from the Jewish people. That's a good word and great encouragement. You know, one of the things we do on the show often is, is we pause to pray. And I think this would be an appropriate time, Rabbi Aaron. If I could ask you to pray as we near the end of our time together, specifically for the Seder celebration, but more importantly, for the Spirit of God to be there and to work in the hearts both of believers and for those who don't know yet the truth about who Yeshua is, their Messiah, their Savior. Mm-hmm. So could you do that for us? Please. Yeah, thanks. Father, we uh, we know your heart is to save your people and— uh, as, as Peter says in Acts 2, that the promise is to the Jewish people first and also to all those whom he calls. Uh, so I pray, Lord, you would move in the hearts of your people to open up their eyes to see Yeshua. And I pray that all of the followers of Yeshua, Jews and Gentiles, uh, would you'd fill us up with passion to reach our people, to pray for them, to open see the open doors, to share, to fast. Lord, and to proclaim that indeed our Passover sacrifice, the Messiah has been, Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Help us, Lord, send us out into the harvest that we can reap and celebrate with the angels in heaven. In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. So if we left anything out, think we answered that question, why is this night different from all the other nights? What would you add? It's if you haven't experienced it, whether it's with us or somewhere else, I think you, you said you should experience it. 
Uh, there are books you can even in the Bible, it's great. But just like if you've ever go to Israel, it's not the same as reading about it mm. and experiencing a Seder. Is, it's something profound. Um, it's meant God has always meant that we celebrate his redemption together. Um, and with you know, typical rituals and uh, you know things that go along to help aid us in our understanding. Uh, but it it is truly special, and it's whether you're Jewish or not Jewish, uh, it is part of who we are as the body of Messiah. So I would really encourage everybody to go experiencing for yourself, why is this night different from all other nights? And if my opinion means anything to our listeners, I <laughs> add a yes and amen to that. It is absolutely a powerful moment. It helps us grow in our understanding of Scripture, and it just helps us grow in general in that way. So just thanks for being on here, Rabbi Aaron. Please forgive me for again. I just don't know how many kids apparently you have and not doing no, a good email, right. but thank you for the grace. So let me try this one more time. If you would <laughs> like to contact Rabbi Aaron, you can contact him at Rabbi Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at O-H-E-V-Y, and I left that out last time, Israel.org. You can also get a hold of him uh, right there at his congregation at 703-550-0888. But you can skip talking to him and go straight and sign up uh, for this wonderful occasion, org. Museum.org. Again, that's the 6th of April from 5 to 8 p.m. as a Seder, but you do get a chance to get in early and have two hours of access from 3 to 5 to Museum of the Bible, both will be phenomenal experiences. Please come. Please share with your Jewish friends. And please remember that as you go forward, this is an important issue to understand how the gospel's made away. And so thanks for listening today. If you have any comments, you can send it to us at comment at WAVA.com. Or if you want to call me, you can call me at 703-729-3900 right here at Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. But as you go, as we end every show with, remember, it's the gospel. It makes the way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes the way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.